Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll be preaching today from the Gospel reading that we heard, Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 15. Let's pray. Speak to us, Lord, for we, your servants, are listening. In Jesus' name, Amen. Jesus called out, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. I wonder if you've ever had the following experience. You're in the middle of a conversation and suddenly you realise that the person you are talking to has paused and is looking at you expectantly. They've either just asked a question or they've just made a comment that requires a response and suddenly you think to yourself, I have absolutely no idea what they have just said. You've been caught out. You were in the conversation, but you weren't really listening. I'd like to say that this doesn't happen to me, but my wife may not agree. Some of you may not agree either, and for that I apologise. It's one thing to hear, it's another thing to truly listen. And one of the themes in Jesus' teaching today is hearing and listening to the Word of God. Because when it comes to the Word of God, there too, listening is not as simple and straightforward as we may think. God's Word is powerful. As the prophet Isaiah reminded us in our Old Testament reading, God's Word will accomplish that for which He sent it. But on the human side of that equation, as we receive the Word, It's a bit more to it. That's what Jesus talks about in this parable today. So first we're going to look at what Jesus says about his parables in general and listening to God's word. Then we'll look at these first three types of soil and these are the challenges of listening to God's word. Finally, we'll look at that good soil and ask the question, why is all this so important? What's the result of listening to the word of God? So first, are parables in general. What I want to address in this first point is in that middle section of our text, which is a little bit difficult for many people. That's where Jesus says this. To you it has been given, that's you, his disciples, to know the secrets or mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others I speak in parables, so that looking they may not perceive and listening they may not understand. So this is what Jesus says when his disciples ask for an explanation to the parable. He gives this little bit of teaching which is about his parables in general. And he says that they work in different ways for two different groups of people. So for his called and chosen disciples, Jesus uses his parables to reveal the mysteries of the kingdom. He uses them to teach them more deeply about himself and what he has come to do. But for those outside, it's very different. Those who are not Jesus' disciples, for them the parables actually do the opposite. They don't reveal, they conceal. 
They don't lead to more understanding, they actually lead to less. They don't lead to more perception, they actually lead to less. And this is the part of this teaching that strikes as a bit, as a bit of a hard saying. So let's see if we can think of it with a human analogy that could help. Let's say there is an old man who is telling a story and it's a little bit of a strange story. And there are two people listening to this old man's story. One person is a stranger. He doesn't know the old man. He has no reason to trust the old man. But the other person who is listening is the old man's grandson. He does know this man intimately. He does trust this old man. So when the strange story is told, how will the two react? Most likely the stranger will think, quite frankly, this guy's a bit weird. I don't know what he's trying to get at with this story and after hearing it, I'm not particularly interested in finding out. And off he goes. But with the grandson, it's different, isn't it? The one who has the relationship, the one who trusts him, he may actually be drawn closer through this story. He may say, so what's this all about, Grandpa? And how does that fit with the other story about meeting Grandma and when you went overseas? It's the same story, but it pushes one away and it draws the other close. Something like this is happening, Jesus says, when he speaks in parables. The famous preacher Charles Spurgeon once used the analogy of the sun and that the same sun which melts the wax also hardens the clay. And this is a reminder for us that our ability to hear the word of God and enter into the mysteries of the kingdom is not dependent on how clever we are. It's dependent on knowing and trusting Jesus. And he then reveals God's truth to you. But the other side of that then is that when someone does resist and even reject Christ and not trust in him, it can actually become harder for them to hear God's word. There's looking but not perceiving. There's listening but not understanding. Okay, so that's the first part for today. Jesus' parables in general and listening to the word of God. Now let's get into these different types of soil. The first three. And what do we learn here about listening to the word? Well, first there's the path, isn't there? When the seed gets trampled on and then the birds come and eat it up. This, Jesus says, is when the devil comes and takes away the word from the heart. It's interesting how in the life of the church we generally spend a lot of time preparing for events that are coming up. Preparing for worship, preparing for Sunday school, preparing for Bible studies. Now that's all good and important but here Jesus is focusing on what actually happens after. And he seems to point out that when the word is sown in the heart, the job is not done. That vigilance is required. St. Peter talks about how the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now, how does this happen? Well, it might be something as simple as this. 
Someone hears this wonderful message of the grace of God for them in Jesus Christ. But then later they hear a different little whisper in their ear. Don't you think that's just too good to be true? Do you really think that's a message for you? That's the work of the evil one. That's that seed trying to be snatched away. That's the seed on the path. Then there's the rocky soil, Jesus says. This is where the plant actually does grow up quickly. Jesus says these are the people who even receive the word with joy. But because there's no moisture, there's no deep roots, as the sun comes out, that is, as the trials and testings of life come, the spiritual life withers. It seems to me here that Jesus is saying that spiritual highs, if I can put it that way, are not necessarily a sign of spiritual health for the long term. There are many, many people who do respond in quite dramatic and emotional ways to the Christian message at one time or another, but there are far fewer who endure for the long term. Jesus is simply describing this reality to us. That's the seed among the rocky soil. Then there's the seed in the thorns. Now that doesn't sound like a great place to sow a seed to me. You start to get the picture here that this sower may be a little reckless. Jesus says these are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way they are choked by the riches and pleasures and cares of life and their fruit does not mature. This makes me think of a recent conversation I had with an Australian person who was serving as a missionary in Nepal. And they were describing how they regularly see many people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Many new congregations forming, they actually struggle to keep up with the spread and the growth of the gospel. And by the way, it's illegal to do mission work where they're doing it. And so we were talking about the church in the West We were talking about mission work in Australia and other countries like ours where it seems to be so difficult. And we kept coming back to this verse. The cares, the riches and the pleasures of life. Think about a place like Australia where thousands and thousands have left the Christian faith behind. I don't think there's very many people who have ever woken up one morning and said, I've decided not to be a Christian anymore. I don't believe that stuff anymore. I'm going to leave it all behind. I reject my Christian faith. That very rarely happens. What does happen is that month after month and year after year, the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life become more prominent. They sort of grow up around like weeds and thorns and the word which has been planted in them gets slowly choked. Those are those three soils, the three first soils. One way of summarising these, by the way, is simply the devil, the sinful flesh and the world. And just before we move on from this point, I want to mention one simple point of application here, which is prayer. 
In one of my old prayer books, there's a prayer for after a worship service which includes these words. Lord, grant that the seed of thy word may strike root, grow and increase. Ward off the evil one that he may not choke or snatch it away altogether. This is one of the very practical things this text encourages me to do is to pray after worship, after Sunday school, after a home group Bible study, as I think about all of those loved ones who have heard the word but in whom the seed seems to be dormant. Pray for them. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that that seed would strike root, grow and increase and pray that the evil one would not choke or snatch it away altogether. Finally then, there's the good soil. And there's the question of why all this matters. The good soil, Jesus says, are the ones who when they hear the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patient endurance and with an abundant 100-fold harvest. So there's two things, two distinguishing marks Jesus mentions here, to hold it fast and to endure with patience. This holding the word fast, Luther talked about this in his large catechism. He talked about how it is possible to be in church Sunday by Sunday hearing the word but not receiving the benefit of it. Jesus says it's not just a matter of hearing, it's a matter of holding fast. He doesn't want it to go in one ear and out the other either. And holding fast to the word can include all sorts of simple, practical things. Like simply reading the Bible readings on Sunday morning before church or Saturday night before. Reading them afterwards. I know some of you listen to the sermons online or on CD during the week. Some of you go along to Bible studies and study the same word that you hear in worship. You can use the word you hear to shape your prayers. You can act on and live out the word that you hear. And these and all sorts of other practical things help us to hold fast that word that we hear. And the other thing Jesus says is that this is about bearing fruit with patient endurance. I think there's a contrast here with the seed on the rocky soil. Remember, that springs up quick and then withers in the sun. But what Jesus says here is that the healthy growth, that actually happens slowly. That actually happens over the long term. It's about endurance. And as I've said from this pulpit before, the Christian life is a marathon, not a sprint. Then there's this abundant harvest. But a harvest to what end? And an endurance for what? What is so important about all this? What's the result of listening to the Word of God? The answer to that question is sort of hidden away in our text because Jesus puts it in the negative. He says that when the devil takes away the Word from their heart, this means they may not believe and be saved. 
So this is about salvation for Jesus. The result of listening to the word of God is salvation, is life with God now and forever. Just before this text, Luke records that Jesus went through the cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel, the good news, that is what is being sown in hearts. The gospel of Jesus' life, death and resurrection for our salvation so that we can be his own and live under him in his kingdom. That gospel, that word of God is powerful. That's what is being sown in the hearts. St. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. And when that message enters our ears and penetrates in our hearts, it goes to work. It creates and strengthens faith and that faith receives the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness, the salvation of God in Jesus Christ. Don't miss this. Because for all the problems of hearing the word with these first three types of soil, don't miss the wonder of what God's powerful word accomplishes. And don't miss what this means. Because this means that life with God does not depend on what you achieve and accomplish. Because it comes from the outside. It comes through the Word, the Word of God, the message of the Gospel that comes into our ear, that penetrates and plants in our heart. Notice, by the way, that Christians often talk about being in the Word, whereas Jesus talks more about the Word being in us. And remember, it's an abundant harvest. One hundredfold, Jesus says, Left on our own, the abundant harvest we can produce is nil. But with Jesus, it's 100-fold, he says. This is forgiveness, life and salvation. This is love, joy and peace. This is maturity and good works. This is every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. This is the harvest of the Word of God which is planted in your heart. It's one thing to hear the noise. It's another thing to truly listen. First, Jesus told us about his parables in general and listening to the word of God. So rejoice, brothers and sisters, that to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Then Jesus spoke about those first three types of soil and the challenges in listening to the word of God, the devil, the sinful flesh and the world. But finally there's the good soil and why all this matters, that the word of God planted in you, the message of the gospel, produces an abundant harvest. Jesus called out, let anyone with ears to hear listen. In the name of Jesus. Amen.